have yourself a merry BB Christmas. Let your mochas be white. From now on, your husband's in the Starbucks line. Here we are in the pandemic days where fashion's gone away for good. Faithful listeners are dear to us. Raise your Starbucks cup once more Through the years we'll be basically basic Doing basic girl things You go girl But thank God for Jesus Christ to always A merry BB Christmas. Guys, it's Cami. And it's Amanda. And we're basically sick. That was horrible. I'm so sorry, you guys. <laughs> Coming at you live from the most 2020 thing that we could do, which is doing a Zoom call to record our podcast. And, you know, with Zoom, sometimes things can be a little bit off, but that's okay. We're rolling with the punches. And Amanda, I don't know what it's like in Fort Worth, but where I am right now, it is the most wintry, like cozy, all the Christmas vibes day. It's the most Christmas vibes day. Like, I love it so much. If you did not get a Starbucks this on a day like this, are you even basically basic? No. Okay. So I, I'm actually doing a Zoom at my in-laws' house, and when we were driving down here, I looked at Steve when we started driving, and I was like, "You know, we're stopping at Starbucks, right?" <laughs> no, I was like, "You know that this drive is we're going to be stopping at Starbucks," and he like looked at me and he was like, "Do you think I don't know you?" And I was like, "Okay, thanks." <laughs> In the afternoon, you sometimes have to, like, establish. But I was like, I need you to know, like, I know we've already had coffee today, but, like, this is the day. This is the day where you get it twice. Where we get it twice, for sure. It's also the day that when you're in the car, you're listening to the new Taylor Swift album. Oh, we have so much to say. So much to say. She's a poet. No, she's 100% a poet. Like She's a poet. I actually think she just sits down and writes poetry and then, like, sits the piano and, like, just makes up melodies poems for sure i come back stronger than a 90s trend yeah you do yeah you do i texted this to cammy and a good friend of ours mckenna i literally said i had this thought while listening to the new album yesterday driving i had this thought where i was like you know what only taylor swift could monetize and thrive off of 2020 she's the only artist that could do that that's so true because who else is like thriving and then like making two albums in one year Albums. I was gonna say, who else writes so well that they write so many songs? They're like, you know what? I actually wrote about 500 <laughs> smash hits. So 
two albums. Okay, great. Like, oh my gosh, I, I love it. I love it so much. Um, yeah, so it's a mood. I'm sure we'll do a whole podcast in 2021 about this album. Let's go. Oh, yeah, I have a lot of basic things to talk about. Yeah, currently we are in week three of our BB Advent series, which is so crazy to me because the thing, okay, this is the thing about our Advent series is it's so amazing because I truly feel like it is doing what we wanted to do, which is centering my heart, my heart, probably yours too, on Christmas, getting us ready and excited. But it's also, there's like bittersweet thing because as each day goes down, I'm like, oh, it's going to be over. Christmas, <laughs> I know, it's coming I know it really I feel like I don't know what it is about this year but I feel like it's just sneaking up on me so quickly and I love 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 this advent and we've said it before but it's it was kind of you know downloaded as an idea for our listeners but it's honestly been such a gift to me and just with my walk with the Lord because it has really like focused and centered me to open up my advent each day and like ask the Lord what he's doing in this season. And I'm so excited for Christmas because I just feel like I'm going, I'm going to know like the weight of Christmas and in the happy, in a happy way. You know what I mean? Not like a heavy weight, but a weight of like all that Jesus did for us. 100%. I feel like it's getting me focused on what it's about. And I'm so thankful that we've asked guests to join us because like it's one thing for us to share. And I feel like our hearts have been open and there's more and more that we want to say each week about the topics. But I feel like I'm just in awe of the people that God's given us to speak into our podcast. And the guests last week were just amazing. Like everything that they said, I was like mind blown just about the revelations that they had. And I know that this week is going to be no different. Yeah, absolutely. So that being said, wait, did you say your Starbucks order of the day? No. Oh my gosh, no. I should have said that because we got it on the way down here. So I got the the new drink, which is the Irish Cream Cold Brew. And I originally told Amanda that I got it once before and I didn't really like it, but I don't know if that person just didn't know what they were doing or like what was happening. (laughs) Today I got it and I don't remember what the actual pump, there's something in it that's not Irish cream, like the actual foam. I don't remember what it is, but I asked for obviously just one pump of that to make it less sweet. And it was really, really good. Okay, good. So, do you like this little like shake of like cocoa powder and a line across the top, and it just feels so nice. Cocoa powder, absolutely, yeah. they do. Ooh. <laughs> very nice, and very Christmasy. Um, a drink I could drink past Christmas, like the Irish cream is wintry vibes, but it's not just Christmas vibes. Yeah, I feel like getting the pumpkin cream cold brew right now is like the time has passed, and I feel like I'm. I feel like it's like when you're trying to relive your glory days, but you just know that it's over. That's how I feel about the pumpkin cream. Bring back a 90s trend before it's time. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) The pumpkin cream cold brew will forever be the number one seat of cold brews for me. For sure. It just, you know, we can't can't keep making fetch happen. We have to. Exactly. This is exactly how I feel. No, I mean, the reason that this week is going to be so amazing, I think, is because personally, we are going through my all-time favorite Christmas song which is which is Oh Holy Night oh that's so good no song to me like Oh Holy Night and here's there's multiple reasons why but here's like my my main reason the older I've gotten the more I've actually like well and partly being a singer the more I've sang the song which means the more I've had to dive in and like memorize the lyrics learn the lyrics and I feel like it's the song that keeps on giving Mm mm-hmm as you listen to the lyrics and you like get to know the song, 
I'm just constantly in awe of how incredibly amazing it is as a straight up worship song. Like it is one of the best written worship songs. I think that I will ever hear in my lifetime. Yeah, so good. The words are just so brilliant. It's so good. And I love it because as a singer, I feel like it's one of those songs where if it's done well, like if the person singing it is a good singer, it is like chills. It is chills, 100%. Chills from the spine, top to bottom. Top to bottom chills, up and down, back and forth. (laughs) So good. It's also the song that if the wrong person sings it. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Like, oh, God. God. Like, I don't know about you, but I've been to a couple, like, Christmas services where someone sings it, and you're just, like, kind of grabbing, like, the seat, and you're like, "Mm." It would just be like, I feel like if a person that sings it that is just not meant to hit those those notes, it would be it would be Michael Scott cringe. Like you would just have to make the face of like. (laughs) I have a really bad habit of like, and Stephen knows this about me. If someone's singing and like it's just not good, I cannot sit still. No, no, you can't sit still. No, it's so physically uncomfortable. Tyler and I do the same where we squeeze the thigh underneath the table or like the chair. I'm like, oh, 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 it's coming. I feel like I've broken Stephen's hand before. (laughs) Someone's being all holy night in a bad way. But like I said, when it's done well, oh my goodness, there's just nothing like it. And so guys, we're going to start off this week, this new Monday, week three, by reading the words for verse one of my favorite song, Oh Holy Night. And so I'm just going to read them to you. It says, Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night. O night divine, O night, O night divine. <laughs> it's honestly taking everything in me to not go Mariah Carey on you guys. No, you are. I, I do not have the Mariah Carey vocals, so I'm saving. I'm saving everyone from your, your ears right now. Truly, <laughs> like these words, if you just read them and, and look at them, and Amanda and I were talking before doing this podcast, like there's just so many lines that stand out. But I think the two today that we like really wanted to hone in on was the th- a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Like, hello, 2020. Literally 2020. And I like just can't help but to think of how true these words must feel to so many people, myself included this year. And when I was even reading the lyrics to this song, I just kept thinking, even so we still get hope. Like, even so. And it doesn't matter, like, our circumstances. It doesn't matter our surroundings. Like, we still get a thrill of hope. And who, like, is there a better gift than that? Well, I, I love that, I, the word that they chose, again, like, why this song is so brilliant. But, like, a thrill, to me, that's, like, this, like, rush of emotion. It's that that feeling that you get when you walk into a room and you realize that it's a surprise party. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, exactly. You open a gift and you're like, wait, I didn't think I was getting this. Like, this, like, rush of excitement. And I feel like that's the feeling that we should have about Christmas. Like when we think mm-hmm. of Jesus, it's the feeling of John leaping in Elizabeth's womb when, when mm-hmm. he Jesus was. It's that like rush of emotion of like, oh my goodness, like everything I've been longing for, I've found in this man, Jesus. And, and I love that it says a thrill of hope, the weary world, because it's acknowledging the fact that like our world is weary. Like I think for some reason, so many of us think like the world should be perfect or life should be perfect or you know, we have, we look at people posting about 2020 and they're like, 
everything's gone to crap. And it's like, guys, we're in a fallen world. Like that's been the story. (laughs) This song was written in the 1800s. And back then the world was still weary. Still falling. Yeah, it was still wearier. or They wouldn't have a need to want hope and to want a thrill of hope. And so I feel like in 2020, that's been something that has been brought to our eyes. But do you know what's actually really cool? I had the Lord give me like this revelation the other day when I was driving. I love driving when I don't have my kids because I'm not like playing DJ up front, you know, finding like all this, all the Spotify, like Disney soundtracks that Glenn wants. And I'm not like trying to dig for the nearest snack. Like I literally just get to sit and talk with Jesus and I, I love it so much. But I had, he literally gave me this thought of this year is obviously called 2020 and how when we see 2020, that's like 2020 vision. And that yeah. clearly, and so I literally had this thought of like, yes, to like the human eye and to the human mind. To us, 2020 has maybe felt like, what the heck, pandemic, crazy presidential election, like divide in so many areas. But like, what if this is Jesus actually letting us see 2020 of how broken things truly are, so that we have a need for Him? Like, we're seeing things, that moment. Like we're seeing things clearly almost for the first time in 2020. Like we're seeing 2020 wow. in 2020. That's so true because it really is like the kindness of the Lord is he, he is the light and he brings things to light because he wants to expose what's already there. It's not like it is, is rudeness. It's like, he wants to actually show, Hey, this is actually what's going on underneath the surface. Let me show you this so that you can get rid of it. And I think that's so true. It's like, all these things are kind of being exposed, fear, like corruption, racism, pain, like loneliness, all these things that were maybe already brewing under the surface are coming to light. Are coming to light, yeah. Clearly. I love that. I mean, that's- And then, so then that, that leads me into the scripture. And this was just, this is actually Holy Spirit because I wasn't even seeking out the scripture. Kimmy and I have a list of scriptures for this episode that we'll put in the notes, but this one literally just came, like popped up on my phone. Um, and it's Isaiah 9-2 and it has, it correlates exactly kind of what, I feel like the Lord deposited me, but it's Isaiah 9, 2, and it says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness on them has a light shone. And I literally feel like this is 2020. And it's like, we can choose to see it for maybe what like the naked eye would see it as, is like heavy and dark. And it is, yes, it is all those things. But because we get to walk under the lens of Christ, we get to see it 2020. Like we get to see it in a whole new way. That's so good. And I love it because if you look at the song, like the first words are like, oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. Like, and when we think about the birth of Jesus, like so much of his birth centers around this star of Bethlehem or like this bright light that was causing the people who were actually looking for it to see the light and to then to follow the star. And I love what you said, Amanda, because we were talking earlier about like the thrill of hope, but then the other line that really stood out to us was the fall on your knees. Mm-hmm. What it looks like, to just surrender, like to just be like, God, you're, you're better. Like I'm, I feel like following your knees is like the most, like just surrendering act that you could do. It's mm-hmm. killing yourself. And when we see the story of Jesus, we see that these, like when I think of following your knees, I think of the wise men who followed the star and then ended up coming down. And like, that's exactly what they did. They fell on their knees and just worshiped him offering their gifts. And I feel like we should read that scripture. Cause I feel like yes. That's what I picture when I picture this song is these wise men. So this is Matthew 2. For those who are reading along, it's Matthew 2, verses 1 through 12. And it says, In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of 
you guys, I botched this in the last episode. It's it's Judea, but I read, I literally read at Judea. So let's just take a moment to acknowledge that I did mess it up in scriptures before. So I'm making up words, honestly. <laughs> and we're not, we don't speak Hebrew, whatever language. So you go for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, this one's actually Judah, are by no (laughs) means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they heard, is it homage or it is homage, right? Oh yeah, it's homage. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. When they they had heard the king, they set out and there ahead of them went the star they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. So, so many things here. But uh, Cammie and I were reading this earlier, and one thing I had thought out was how crazy it is that these wise men had to go on this trek, on this journey, to find the King of Kings, and how I think we can often take for granted that the King of Kings is here, and we we don't have to necessarily search Him out. Like, we can... we. We'll search him out in prayer and to spend time with him and to have a relationship with him. But this Christmas, we're not having to take another road to find him. Like, we're not having to, like, hike on this treacherous journey. Like, all we get to do is receive. Like, we get to do this. We get to fall on our knees and have this, like, holy experience. I love that so much. I think, like, the fact that I was looking at the definition of homage since you were saying that. Is it homage? My, my interpretation, when I was following along in scripture, it says worship. They bow down and worshiped him. But the homage actually means a special honor or respect that is publicly shown. And I love that it's publicly because I feel like, you know, worship can be something where we can be like, oh, well, it's just a private thing. It's just between me and God. Or, you know, you're like, oh, I don't really want to show that I'm worshiping God. I'm just going to do it like in my own private space. But I think there's something about the public dis- display, and not that you have to do it a certain way, but just being willing to to give him your everything, to give him your all, and to not really care what it looks like. And I think mm-hmm. of wise men, like, falling on their knees, giving him homage, publicly worshiping him, like, throwing your gifts at his feet. I think that there's a response when we see Jesus rightly, and it comes with us casting our crowns. It comes with us giving him our everything. It comes with us falling on our knees. Like, it's this physical display of like wow like I followed this star and it's led me to the the thing that that's going to cost me everything but it's worth it you know like absolutely yeah and and I think like that's where why they're rejoicing like the thrill of hope a weary world rejoices like they're rejoicing because what they've longed for why what's made them weary they've now found the cure and it's 
in Jesus. He's the hope. Like he's the one that we've been waiting for. And and I was telling Amanda, like the thing about this, the story that I always found really interesting is the fact that, you know, they, Herod sends these wise men, which were probably like leaders, these like educated people. Um, clearly they were wealthy because they had expensive gifts and he sends them to go to see Jesus. And really he has this, we know that Herod has this ulterior motive of he actually wants to kill Jesus. Like he doesn't want Jesus to be there because he's threatened by another king. Um, but these wise men go and once they see Jesus and they receive him and they fall and worship him, it says that the last scripture in verse 12, that they're warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, but to go a different way. Uh-huh. And though we were talking about this earlier, like it's interesting because they see Jesus, they worship him. And then the first thing that happens is that immediately their lives change. Yeah. The easier thing to do would have been to go back the route that they already came. They already knew that way. It like they that was the way that they knew it was probably the quickest way to get there. And to go back to Herod and to go do what they knew and to go back to their comforts. But instead, immediately the second they see Jesus, the first thing is that, okay, now your life's different. Like you yeah. can't the way you came. You actually have to, sh- to shift your life. You can't go back to Herod. Like you have to go back a new way. And I think like the thing that makes Jesus so challenging for my own life and for everyone who encounters him is that he, he causes us to see things differently. Like no longer once I know him, is my life my own? No longer once I know him, can I do what makes me comfortable or what's the easiest thing? No longer can I just like live the life that I had, but but seeing him rightly causes me to fall down and worship him, but also causes me to have to like give up some things, you know, to mm-hmm. do things differently. And yes, I get this hope in him and I get everything I, I've wanted, but it, it comes at a cost. And I, I think like, it's just interesting that these wise men who had it all, probably according to like the world standards, see him and they're actually like, wow, like you're worth me surrendering all of that. Yeah. You like, you are the ultimate way. Like you're worth more than all of these things that I have even brought with me. Cause they give, they give all their gifts to him, like frankincense and myrrh and like anoint him. And it's like, okay, they are choosing to give all of this away, even like materialistically. Like it's not even, it's not even just them saying like, you are the King, you are the savior. It's like, here, take take my things that in my life say are the highest gifts. I still want to give those to you. That's so and, good. And that makes me think about, um, we were talking about, you know, what treasure does this make you in your own heart? Ask the Lord, like, what am I going to bring to you in this Christmas season? And not even the Christmas season, but in the new year. And we were talking about how Herod was maybe interested in knowing who Jesus was, but like more at a distance and more like at an intellectual level or thinking of Jesus being this like far off thing. And then he wanted to kill him, but <laughs> but then like then he wanted him just dead. <laughs> but thinking of him more as this like figure kind of far off. And how many times do we as just human beings tend to do that? I know in my own life, even growing up in the church, there were times where I thought of Jesus as these like you know, angels being in the sky with these like big horns that that they're blowing and trumpets and like, you know, thinking of it as like kind of bubble gummy and just like, oh yeah, it's up there. But then once you have the relationship with Jesus, then you're able to like see all of this for what it is. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? No, it totally makes sense. I think like, if you think about Herod, it's like he could have, he could have done the journey himself. Like if he was so interested in wanting to go meet this king and he actually wanted to like pay him homage and worship him, he could have just gone on his own. But instead he sends these other people to go do Mm -hmm. these wise men. He like sends them to go do it. And I think of in our own life, like how often 
do we like just get secondhand faith? Like it's like, yeah. well, like you know, like I want to know Jesus, but I really would just rather go to church on Sunday and have someone tell me what to believe or like. Mm-hmm. Right. It's this. almost like being right over a relationship with him. Yeah, totally. Like I want to know like the facts, but I don't know if I want to like go deep. And one thing that I love about 2020 is I think that it's caused people to like, they can no longer just show up to church on Sunday. Like it, it, yeah, it's like at this point, like, do you know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of, I, I always think about how, when you're raised in church, you're like, you know, raised under maybe like traditions that your parents have set as a, as a kid and like through middle school and high school, or whatever, you're kind of just, you're tending to do what they do in most situations. But I always say like when someone goes off to college, like that's when the real test begins because you're forced to like, okay, well, what is my faith going to look like? And I feel like that is the analogy of what 2020 has been for Christians. It's like, we can't just sit in a church building anymore because number one, that may be shut down or it's online and you're, it's going to take a little bit more work to, to like, do the thing you would do with God every Sunday. So, or hopefully every day, but yeah, I just keep thinking like of that analogy of like, we're almost like 2020 has made Christians like freshmen in college Christians. And we have to make this decision of like what we're going to do. And yeah, like, so Herod, you know, obviously wanted to kill Jesus, but didn't do the journey on his own. The wise men did. And the wise men therefore got the relationship with Jesus that Herod never got. Wow. And they got the encounter, you know, and, and again, like they're the only ones that could fall on their knees. Like, and I think of that for, for us with this song, like falling on your knees is a personal thing. Like I can't do that for you. You can't do that for me. And that's not always my response. Like there's times where I, I hear a song like this, or I'm in a worship service and I look around and other people are encountering God and I'm just not, you know, I think God doesn't want us to fake it. Like he wants us to have our own our own thrill of hope, our own falling on our knees. Like those are, are just genuine responses that like you can't fake, you know, like right. I can't fake hope. I can't fake like surrender. That's something that like is personal. And I'll be honest, like there's moments where it's real for me and there's moments where I'm numb to it and I don't have that encounter. But I think of, you know, us doing this Advent series and just the prayer in our heart is my prayer for me and for you and for our listeners is that we wouldn't be numb to it. That we yeah. Take the journey, whatever it costs, we would give the gifts, like, you know, throw our, our, our crowns and our gold and our frankincense and our myrrh and like symbolically, whatever that looks like, we'd be willing to be those people that would, would go the distance because we know that he's worth it. And yeah, so I think that doing this is just a small step of saying, Hey, I'm going to give 15, 20 minutes of my day yeah, and because he's worthy and he's worth it. And hopefully that light that he brings would shine into my own life in a way that would cause things to look different, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think just like wrapping up as the wise men followed this star, I just kept thinking of like, what star am I going to follow this year? And, you know, things that are broken are like you said, Cami, there's moments in church or in worship or just in our own quiet time with the Lord where we're a little bit numb to it, or maybe we like are a little, are distracted a little bit easier or whatever. Maybe we're not having the encounter that we want. I think it's so important just to bring that, like bring the broken part to Jesus because what we don't bring to light, he has no room to sanctify. And I feel like that's what 2020 has been. It's just giving him like all, ripping the bandaid off and giving him all of our hurts, all like, we have nothing to cover up anymore. Like we have, the rug has been lifted out from underneath us as a whole, (laughs) but in a way that makes me so excited when I get to look at it from this lens of the Lord, because now it has room to heal. It's so good. It's it's that that light, that bright shot, bright star, but bright. Yeah. 
shining in the darkness and it's causing us to see things for what they truly are. Yeah. As as we dive into this week, oh, holy night, I know our guests are going to have just incredible things to share. And my prayer for us is that we would let the holiness of God his perfection, his beauty, his light, that it would shine on us in a way that causes us to see things differently and causes us to want to surrender, to want to give more than we have before. Um, And so that's my prayer. And I'm excited to see where this week three leads us. I can't wait. I'm Kimmy. I'm Amanda. We're basically basic. And we know you are too. Be blessed. And be basic. And have a very Merry Christmas.